Welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your masterclass in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. With Dr. Matt Gould, my, my dear friend from, from long ago. He's at Cameron College in the frozen north of Sudbury, Ontario. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right, Carl. Thanks for having me. Good to yeah, see it's you. Good, it's good to see you, too. It's been f- way too long. You were here in Columbus a few years back with the trio. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's the last, trio. last time I saw you. You guys still doing that thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're uh, I mean, everything's slower now. But yeah, right, we're, uh, we're uh, sort of like, it was kind of nice to have like a phase one with the trio. Yeah. And then we kind of like, you know, this thing happened, happened and took a break. So we got to kind of think about uh, what we felt like doing. Right. Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and you're not, you are not a, a Canadian by birth. You were, you're, you're a U.S. person. I, I, when I knew you before, you were living in, in Baltimore, but then you've, you've moved all over the world after that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how, right. how long you been in Canada? Um, I th- it's, it's it's ten years now. Holy, no way! Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and actually, a couple of years back, uh, we became uh, Canadian uh, citizens, so we're dual citizens now. Wow! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah thanks, do, thanks. Do, do, nice. do, do you do you feel different? Is it uh, is it much different being Canadian? <laughs> it kind of it kind of is slowly. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> little by little. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm not as, uh, what's the word? I'm kind of like um, a little bit more, um, not conservative. I'm more, um, I don't take as many, if I have an idea to do something, I've learned that I can, if I just, if I think I can do it in a year, I just add another year and everything okay. seems to work out well because we see up here, we tend to uh, have great ideas, but we take a little bit more time than I'm used to. Yeah, uh, to yeah. like sort of facilitate them, and uh, sometimes it's very frust- it's very it's very uh, frustrating to me because I'm just like let's do it now. My right, American right. blood comes out. Okay, it's a great idea. Let's go. And and you're yeah. you're you're an East Coaster, by I'm know, an, so an that, East Coast as well yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's I, I, I kind of came down a little adjusting. bit. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of. Uh, <laughs> And, and you guys are like, I mean, you're you're way up there. You're pretty pretty far yeah. north, right? Yeah, we're we're far north. We're um, we're about um, I would say uh, about oh yeah, kilom- I'm I'm not oh yeah, I, I think in kilometers now, which is bizarre. <laughs> there you go. You know, so it's about 500 kilometers. We're about 500 kilometers from the border, straight north from okay. uh, like Detroit, more or less, okay. straight up. Yeah, it's the wow. it's the truth. It's it's, it's cold. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this it's a dry cold <laughs> I remember many years ago you called me in February from a swimming pool in Arizona yeah that's right and, and it was like 80 degrees out and you were sitting by the pool midday like you know just having a good old time and, and meanwhile it was it was really really freezing here so next time i go someplace warm i'm going to call you and, and, and just okay that experience <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> playing golf and suntans on on new year's day I remember that. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit about the the program that you have going on there at Cambrian. Well, I'll tell you, I, when I, um, I mean, talking about warm weather, everyone thought it was crazy to move from beautiful Arizona um, to uh, up here. Is that where, were you, were you at Arizona directly before? Uh, that's right. Okay. I, I, I was, for the, before I came here for about five, six years, I was back in Arizona. And um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the program there, Cambridge. Oh, yeah, the program. Yeah, anyway, so when I was there, you know, I was, I was, I was working primarily at a community college there, Paradise Valley Community College. Okay, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, got, I tell you, that was a great experience. I, I learned a whole lot about um, uh, diversity and um, a whole lot about um, uh, things that um, I really, I really love the community college system. I really do, I th especially yeah. with guitar players. You know, it's a, um, we tend to like rock out for a longer time than, than most places. And then we sometimes don't discover classical guitar until very late. Myself was like 18, ridiculous. And I didn't even know it existed. And uh, so it was kind of nice to sort of be able to have a place where people can come in. It's like, I play guitar. It's like, hey, check this out. And yeah. it was so much fun. And then, and then uh, when this job came along at Cambrian, um, it's, um, it's a community college, but it added a third year. So okay. it's a three-year program. It's, a, it's an advanced diploma in three years. So, and I always thought like, if I only had one more year, I'd be yeah. good. And, and so when I came here, it, it was great. And it, it was, uh, you know, it was established by a guy who um, went down there to Peabody and did a little bit of shear study for his master's degree, Phil, uh, okay. Phil Valeria. And, and so when I got here, it had all the uh, components that I was uh, kind of used to. And it was sure. like really exciting that I could actually kind of like move in kind of um, smoothly. And it's yeah, not a strict kind of school, but it was like, it had pedagogy courses. And, and when you yeah. look at the material, it's like, yeah, that's where it came from. I know where it came from. Oh, and great. so that was kind of assuring, but it was very nice because uh, they, I thought this program and it's, and it, this, I, and it, it is true um, that it's, it's very complete. I mean, we have, of course, your lessons, but the students also have a uh, minor lesson as well for three years. So they take oh, another oh. like half hour lesson on an instrument of their choice, for which the I thought was time uh, there. the entire time. And, you know, That's great. Besides, uh, the, the year of piano mandatory, like everybody has, which I think uh -huh. is great. They, they can continue on anything they wanted. Um, and, and I thought that was awesome. And then that's so, and the third layer of that was that um, there were methods classes in every instrument that everyone takes. So it's sort of like Great. a little less, like a group class in um, winds class and strings yeah. class. Everyone takes strings for a whole year. Pick your instrument. And I just thought that was just remarkable because sometimes, you know, when you come in, you meet a guy like me, it's like, yeah, you're going to be a guitar player. All right. No matter what you want to do, I'll convince you to be a guitar player. <laughs> And all my colleagues are like, just like, give me a hairy eyeball. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, I thought it was uh, um, sometimes they they um, don't necessarily know what instrument they want to play. Really, sure, they, they're sure. guitar players. But I thought it was kind of nice for once in a while, someone would say, hey, I never even knew the uh, tuba was so awesome. And they switched tuba or something Amazing. like this. And it's yeah. like, wow, and go on. So it's just I, giving I like them the that. opportunity at a time in their lives when they can make exactly. these decisions. Yeah. But of course, I always sit down and tell them, hey, um, you know, you are really a guitar player because they really are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, five, six years, you know, you know, with Iron Maiden shirts on. So, you know, <laughs> so, so for me, like that was really nice. And then what really was kind of awesome is that uh, the second year they have pedagogy right away, a, a year course. And it's um, it was split up. It's split up between uh, like the first half of the semester is a uh, group 
um, pedagogy, which is more general for everyone. And sure. then the second six weeks, they split off into their instrument specific pedagogy, right? And that goes on for a year, six and six, and the next semester the same. And, and in the third year, um, we get them students to practice with. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. An, an internship a ways, right? So once again, it's like, why leave Arizona? I was blown away. This program is, is was incredible, and uh, you know, as opposed to kind of like getting them ready to go in two years, and then having like Frank Kuntz over there at ASU take them all, you know, right. like come on, man, <laughs> I did all the work. He's sitting back in his chair, you know, smoking. <laughs> like, oh my students, like, oh come on, and we'd have to get all the credit, you know. So that's really interesting, you know. I, I really like yeah. this program, and. Um, and of course, we had they had a whole year of business um, yeah. in music, and uh, which is another really great thing we need to have. Yeah. And uh, we even added a a, a year um, uh, a recording production course oh, to that. Right. And, yeah. And, uh, to me, I would say like when I saw the three year uh, degree, I was I was thinking, man, that's what I wanted. But I didn't know that actually after three years, I kind of knew it. These guys are complete. They're 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 yeah. complete. They can go out there and they can teach. They can actually teach all those instruments they took as a minor as well, sure. maybe, you know, lower levels. And yeah. they can even go in and have an understanding of band classes and, and of course, be guitar, guitar, guitar. But yeah. I, I was really, really it's blown a away by that approach. It's really, you know, yeah, it, them... was, it was it was designed really well. It's been here for yeah. 50 years and um, wow. and uh, and uh, it was I was pretty, pretty blown away. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the place, you know. And, so um, they do a They do a diploma there. Yeah. And then do, do they do. Do they then continue study at a at a, at a university that gives them a, yeah. a degree? Most of yeah, them, or yeah. they start working. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a mix. Um, about half and half. Half go on okay. to start working, and the other half go to universities. Okay. And um, and they get uh, advanced um, placement up to like two years, which is oh, you know kind of, kind of the same in like 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 at ASU in Arizona. It was it was sort of you know Paradise Valley and even Glendale where, uh, you know, Chuck Coolhan is, you know, you go uh -huh. there for two years and then they take you right away two years in. You okay. Know? Um, so, they're, so they're getting two, sometimes three years of credit, depending on what school they go to. And right. even the really, really good ones, like uh, the really high level ones like Ottawa and uh, University of Toronto, mm -hmm. um, they give them maybe up to like a year, um, okay. you know, because it's a more rigorous, very rigorous kind of place. But um, if it was me, I just like go in there at the first year and get guitar lessons for like another four years and sure, yeah, why not? A bunch of <laughs> transfer and then and not do anything except play guitar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then some of them some set up their own things. They they say they make up some really cool bands and 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 unusual like uh, uh, they a lot of them got into sort of this uh, percussive guitar style a lot. You okay. know that was yeah, that was yeah. kind of big for a while. Still kind of is and yeah and um, uh, and. Uh, they, they really become working guitarists is what I wanted to say, I guess, to the end. It's like they really are working musicians in the end. That's you know? great. And, uh, yeah. And the only thing that you got to tell your students is like, make sure when it's tax time and, and, and you report to the government, <laughs> tell them that you're all making a living playing music. Yeah. We usually don't. Yeah. Right. And, then, <laughs> and when they start looking at our program to say, who are we what are we going to cut? And it's like, well, there's only, you know, 1.2%, you know, it's like, yeah. what are you talking about? Every single student I taught about 80% of them, I'd say 80, 85% are all like paying rent <laughs> yeah. and eating. And, and surviving on the music training that they got. So come on, boys and girls, you gotta like uh, report this to the government. So, you know, to help yeah, us out, yeah. you know, prove that you guys are actually 
you can uh, you're not at, you're not uh, say it's like a, a nursing student who um, who graduates top notch and there's only so many jobs. So what are you going to do with yeah. the nursing? It gets, it's it's really like the musicians can do so much, you know, so much versatility, right. and they and they tend to work, you know. So anyway, yeah. So I love this place. It's great. That's great. That's very cool. And and your wife Beth, who's who's yeah. a violinist, is she on the faculty there as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. She does some part time things. We have a full time string person okay. already so there's um you know we and and uh we um uh, we start, we often uh have too many students to uh teach so we have hire a lot of, of um uh, adjunct faculty so she does that okay. and okay. also teach used to teach they just closed a university here music department in our in a university that's close by and um down the street actually laurentian and she used to teach there as well but she's the um concert master for the orchestra here oh, and okay. uh right. so that's that was kind of that's kind of nice and um and she's keeping busy in that way. And, and of course, we have Max and Sophia, an eight right. and 10-year-old running around. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's really her full-time work. Um, sure, sure. A day or, you know. So, yeah. But how, how, did, how, did, how did she feel about uh, moving from Arizona to the Great White North? What, what, how did that, uh, well, I mean, that go over? Uh, yeah, she's a, he's a, a desert creature. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, you can't wear nice clothes because you're bundled up like, a, like you know, with like the 10 layers of, of things. So, enormous <laughs> boots, you know. I remember when I was in Arizona with, with, uh, with Chuck Houlihan, we would always have nice, really nice shoes because in Arizona, it never rains. So, you can wear nice shoes down the street. And, yeah. like, it's like, you know, you can tell a lot of, uh, uh, by the, someone's shoes. And, and you go here, and it's like, nope. I wear, I wear my boots are these things called titans and they go down to minus 100 celsius oh and gosh. so they're enormous so as soon as like november hits even though it's like i don't know uh 10 degrees celsius outside those <laughs> things go on and don't come off until april they're my everyday shoe I've even, I've even i've even played concerts with those things and conducted guitar orchestras oh, where my titan. And it's like, you know, if I'm from the North, that's what you do. It's like, I'm, I'm sure. super toasty and warm. And uh, but she's, uh, I think she, I think we both really liked it because um, we weren't our whole lives. We really, um, since we met in, uh, when we were students there uh, at the University of Arizona, what, 1990, holy moly, four or <laughs> something like that. I mean, we've lived in deserts and, and awesome yeah. places where it's, for so long and and there's no seasonal change really right i think i think i think there was like two weeks of winter in, in all, all yeah. those places and they're not really winter people are still swimming with, <laughs> when i was in cyprus but you know and we both kind of like wanted uh seasons you know we really right. wanted uh, to have regular old seasons because it changes your for me at least um it changed how i thought throughout the year you yeah, know i, yeah. I think I, I that that sort of like uh that 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 process of not always just being like go go you know 365 it was more like you know you go and then you kind of slow down and you reflect and then you rebuild it sort of was like a it was kind of nice getting back to sort of like this sort of rhythm uh that's normal from you know most places on the planet and uh yeah really liked it and and we also love this place because it's it's one of the happiest cities in 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 canada it's voted the half one of the happiest cities (laughs) and and uh it's really it's super safe and and the people are really nice and um, family friendly. So we were like, yeah. just, just go. 
and big enough to have two two universities and a and or a university and a college yeah. and a well, it is also so a it's... French college, you know, and oh, and then wow. we were also super stoked that the kids, you know, go to a, a French immersion school. So you know, the little kid, oh, the kids, fantastic French and English, and I'm just an idiot. I can't speak anything. I can read a little <laughs> bit of Spanish. They made me do that at ASU. <laughs> And I did, I studied, I studied three years in like uh, high school. And then, you know, I think Peabody, uh, they forced me to take, uh, Hopkins forced us all to take uh, three semesters of Spanish. I did that. And then I had to translate something in Spanish to get my doctorate. And uh, man, I can't speak a word, but I can understand. <laughs> I can read and get yeah. the gist of things. But other than that, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of wild because, you know, in, in America, it's like, it's just English, you know, for us right, and for me. Right. And then, and, and I always had, you know, ideas like, well, maybe, you know, maybe learning two languages is a little tough. I'd rather have them just take one language and like learn all the subjects and in one language, but it's, it's something, I think there's something beautiful that happens to a human being when they, when they learn a couple of languages there. Yeah, absolutely. Think, and and the know, young minds can do that so much more easily, you know? Yeah, and they're running around. They're saying all kinds of stuff behind me and Best back. I know it. And <laughs> <laughs> I know it. And they're, they're just like evil. Uh, they're, they're <laughs> and uh, it's like a secret code. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you, you guys were in Arizona, um, and I, you, you did a doctorate out there, right? Well, I did my, I went to Arizona when I met, when I knew, when I first met you, I was, um, that's when we you met were, Patterson. You were Peabody, yeah. That's right. That's when we, when we were like, I think it, I think it was in Ohio somewhere. We, we were meeting yeah. when we first met, we were doing some of the competition circuit there. And I remember that's when Patterson showed up. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when I went to Arizona and that's when I met Beth. It's like, you know, it's, okay. it's good times there, right? Yeah. So we were in Arizona at the university of Arizona. Yeah. Uh, we, and that's like two or three years there. And then, uh, um, floated for about a year and then ended up uh, doing my uh, my doctorate at ASU with with oh, Coombs. Okay. okay, so you and did a master's with Tom and then you did your doctorate. Exactly. With, with exactly. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and that was nice. That was up until I think two thousand. About so about yeah. uh, about six seven years of uh, floating around Arizona. I love the state. What a great place that is. Huh? And you guys, I mean, you you mentioned that you were you were in Cyprus. Yeah. Am I remembering? Did you live in Puerto Rico for a while too? Am I remembering that correctly? No, I, went, I, went, I went there for a job um, um, audition once, and um, and and it, it went well. But I had to speak in Spanish. I had to teach, <laughs> teach guitar in Spanish. <laughs> Man, there that was. A <laughs> and halfway through, I said, "Hey, look, uh, uh, I'll learn it. I'll learn the Spanish when I'm here around people speaking it." Uh, yeah. And I've had all these courses, so you know, cut me some slack. <laughs> and they did so, they did and they and they but they said they wanted me to teach all the young kids the, the little one it's like man that would be just oh yeah that gosh. would not be good but <laughs> for me at the time yeah it was only there for a little bit there i even cut my hair because i had really long hair at that time I, okay I that's, was that's cool. when that happened yeah all right harrison <laughs> told me we'll get a haircut we'll get a haircut and that's I say weird. that to all my students all the time. They still have long hair. Yeah, that's all right. You know. The tradition <laughs> continued. Yeah, but so it's Arizona their, was great. It's their hair. Yeah. yeah. And then it was Cypher. Around 2000, when I got the job at EMU, Eastern Mediterranean okay. University, and started that program. And uh, that was another awesome program design. Um, I, I wasn't, I changed it. We changed a couple of things as I was there. But uh, initially, you know, the students actually get, uh, 
uh, two one-hour lessons per week. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that was, and so Eastern Mediterranean is, is that, that's not an American university, is oh, it? Well, it's an English speaking university. It's um, English, it's okay. Turkish university, but English speaking okay. on the island of Cyprus. Yeah. And uh, amazing. Most beautiful. That's my favorite place. I tell Beth all the time. That's my favorite place. And then she yeah. goes down the, the pros and cons list and, 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 and then I, it makes me feel um, like, yeah, it was, it was okay to move from there, but I, 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 sure. thought I was like, I want to go back. It's it it beautiful when you work all day, and um, and then uh, at four thirty, you know, you you go to the beach. Yeah, and it's the Mediterranean that sounds, beach. That right? just sounds awful. Sounds terrible. It's awful. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. <laughs> Have a couple of FS beer and, and some chips. You know, yeah. not, not French. <laughs> and uh, with loaded with ketchup and salt, and it's oh, really. Yeah for you but man what a great time that was and now that program was really awesome because besides the lessons each week which is by the way it's like i had a policy like you know if you miss your lesson you know whatever reason like you know too afraid to come (laughs) you missed you know so so it's a weekly thing so any kind of nonsense like that boom and and the other thing is like you know over there there is no um i mean it's it got to be sensible but the, there is no um, like law that says, you know, once you turn 18 years old, you're not allowed to talk to the parents, which is a thing right. here, it's a thing in the United yeah, States, yeah, yeah. right? But in Turkey, it's not the case. Sure. So just imagine how, how, how that went. And, you know, it's a very small place. And, and, and everyone knew me, of course. I'm this giant uh, American <laughs> guy. This is, during the, this is during the George Bush years, so I represented all oh of Americans' uh, positive things oh. and negative things. So I had to answer to the entire for the entire country. <laughs> We're sorry for that. <laughs> and, uh, and and I remember, like you know, we go to restaurants and things, and and um, and then I I see some of the parents of my students, and they come yeah. up to me and pops asking me like, oh, how's how's so and so doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it's like this is all right, you know. He's had a little bit of this. He's uh he's chasing the girls too much, I would say sometimes, <laughs> or things like this. And he's not really practicing enough. And the next week, perfect students. Nice, Just nice. Perfect. I don't know what went on. Uh, sometimes you know, I, sometimes I miss. I wish we could talk to some of the parents, but it's yeah. like in America, it's like it's, it's free different yeah. here. And if you want to fail miserably, it's your Go right ahead. <laughs> you know, but if we only had some mechanism in place to uh, to kind of slip some info here and there, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah I remember that. That was that was something that 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 was that was exciting. You know, it was yeah. exciting. <laughs> and how long were you guys there? How long was? Oh, uh, five years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. This is and the longest stint for me, actually. Okay. You know, you know, Arizona five or six, Cyprus for about five, and then, you know, Arizona for about five. And then here's been like the, the long haul of, of 10 years now. And, you know, yeah. you know, have, you know, uh, mashallah, as they would say, they, you know, um, um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to retire here, yeah. you know, but we have to fight, you know, all of us guitar programs, you know, and all music programs have to keep fighting for our existence. Of course. So uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, when when you were in Cyprus, did you spend spend much time in 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 Europe that way? I mean, being yeah, so close, exactly. I always think that that would be a real benefit to being there. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, we got to play um, a bunch in Europe, and um, and we met a bunch of contacts um, um, up in there, and and that's where I actually found my uh, my hill horse guitar was okay. uh, was up there in Amsterdam. He's retired now, by the way. He just retired, and it's like, um, and I got my guitar there. That was um. 
that was kind of nice. And, and, um, and it was a great story because, you know, I had a, I had a visiting composer series set up at the, at the university there. So, okay. uh, you know, Beth and I doing our thing, right. And we would invite all these composers that we met and knew and, and some performers from around Europe and, 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 uh, bring them down to, uh, premiere their music yeah. and, uh, do yeah. things like that, which was very, very cool. And, uh, and in that process, uh, um, you know, the, the Cyprus, there's a lot of Dutch, there's a lot of Dutch, there's many Dutch people in Cyprus. Really? You know, yeah, I know it was an English, uh, it was huh. like uh, an English uh, uh, island for like 100 years. They rented it for sure. 100 years. So, sure. you know, lots and lots of roundabouts in that island. I'm telling you what. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we drove on the, on, the, on the wrong side of the road. Okay. Oh, my gosh. The car was a right-hand drive. In, so it, that was a little strange. Wow. But, um, so, so, when, so um, I went to, I had to get my uh, guitar repaired. I was rehearsing with my trio with uh, Nathaniel May, uh, strung out trio with piano, before uh -huh. he's piano. And and uh, I put my guitar on a piano bench. There's uh -huh. just like a face down, a flat piano bench. It was one of those little cushiony ones, right? Uh -huh. Safe to me, and all of a sudden it just flips off and cracked it, right? So uh, you know, this is when I was playing those Misha Robert guitars. And uh -huh. and uh, so he, I said, where do I take it? He said, go see Yaroon. So I went to Yaroon's house. And um, and and he fixed it up. I actually had one of those old coffin cases. Remember those leaf cases? Yeah. Those oh yeah, really nice one, right? But the handle broke. So when I got it back from Yaroon, he had put a, a big chunk of ebony on there and, re and rebuilt the handle for me. Oh my gosh! And the guitar was nice. He did a great job. And um, and then Beth, you know, said, "Listen, you have to play his guitars. You know, you <laughs> have to be rude if you didn't." And at that time, I was a complete a hole with. Um, with all the ideas, like from the millennial designs, that was a very traditional <laughs> approach. All these double, you know, there was no double tops at that time, yeah, but all, yeah. the, all this the stuff, raised fingerboard like, and all that, raised yeah. fingerboards and and the lattice stuff. It was like all blah, whatever, man. Just play a little harder, and you know, just like <laughs> the young Matt. And and uh, and so I'm thinking the whole time it's just going to be one of those things. And uh, and then um, so I, I sat there and played the repair guitar. You know, Beth's about twenty feet away in the living room listening to me. And then I played uh, Yarun's guitar, and I said, well, "What do you think, Beth?" And she said, uh, "Well, do you want to practice a lot or a little?" And I said, "A little. I want to practice as little as possible." And then, well, you get Yarun's guitar because, because it's, there's so much sound you never hear the production yeah. noise right so that, so right. but i didn't I, I took my guitar got on the plane came home and the airline lost the instrument my instrument that was repaired oh my god and right and then we had at that moment do you do you remember i think i played some beth and i played some music of brian hulse for you uh -huh. at some point yep. and he had, yep. he came to the island he was he was there in a couple of weeks and i had to play premiere all this music he wrote for us and and i didn't have a guitar no, and so so I said, "Hey, Arun," and this is really terrible to say, but I said, "Hey, let's go Dutch." You know, I'll pay half the airplane ticket. Come on down. He, he visited his relatives. And he brought the guitar. I played the guitar, and 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 I kind of fell in love with it. And I remember yeah, the very yeah. last day, he was there. Um, uh, I got we, we were at a party, of course, after this concert, and and I got a call from the airline saying, hey, we, th we, we found your guitar. So I'm thinking, oh, he was asking me like, should you, do you want it or should I take it home? And so, so, so I said, yeah, they found my guitar. So, uh, you know, so I didn't buy the thing and, and off your room went. So, uh, so I drove to the uh, airport 
and the guitar they found was some kind of chipboard case with a beat up, oh, like not even a gosh. Yamaha. It was some kind oh, of guitar they like, called the Emperor or something like that. So it wasn't my guitar at all. So oh, that's been gone for a while. They so found anyone out a there, guitar. Yeah, they found a guitar. And, you know, this was uh, the one by Misha Robert, who's yeah. a builder, which is ironic. And and it was a very special one because it used like pear wood in the back and sides. Mm -hmm. and it was very skinny instrument like a vihuela, very yeah. thick. And then I think packed a punch and I was really, so it, I know it's around somewhere. Someone's got it. So if you're listening to this podcast, oh my uh, gosh. have a lookout for it. <laughs> have a lookout. I mean, that was, you know, so, I mean, so it's so nice just like popping over to these, uh, to European countries because Cyprus yeah. is, um, the northern part of Cyprus is, um, it's an unrecognized country. Right. Um, after since 73, I mean, U UK, uh, Britain recognizes it. And of course, Turkey does, but right. um so it's not, it's beautiful in the sense that you're not allowed to develop it, right? So right. you have all these uh, pristine beaches where the uh, the tortoises come, the green tortoises float around, you can swim with them, they come and lay their eggs. It's like, it's like the Galapagos Islands in that way. And uh, beautiful, so, so, but sometimes you get the itch to like just be in a city. And, and so, <laughs> so that was kind of nice, you know, to pop over there. And, and I did a lot of traveling in Turkey. What a beautiful country, oh my. Yeah. Oh my, that was great, you know. And, but I, I tell you, um, this is funny to say, but my highlight of of, of Cyprus was um, when a bunch of guys came up to me because I'm American. I'm an expert in football, American football. Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> and I kind of am, but I haven't coached it before, right? I kind of I haven't coached it before, but I can teach. I can teach anything. I, I of course that's me. 20 years ago, you know how you know I can do it. <laughs> and I remember. Um, um, so I got the, I convinced the university to buy all the equipment for a football team. You just imagine how much that cost. Unbelievable. My, my colleagues were saying, why don't you ask for like scholarships for like, you know, musical, you know, students to come say music. It's like, no, nah, man, we're going to an American football team. And it turned out there's about 16 teams. <laughs> Who did you teams. play? We had, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a Turkish American football league. Oh, you're and kidding. It's, um, at this, and it's basically, they had no pro bowl, but at that time they did have the European um, uh, football league, which actually in 2002 or three, when I was there, actually they, they shut that all down. So a lot of guys oh. play football in Turkey, you know, they're in college and they start, but they keep playing as if they're pro they play until they're 35 years old. It's quite often to have player coaches, but I got to travel all Amazing. over. Amazing. Uh, yeah, travel all over Turkey and um, and play these football games. We got our butts handed to us so many times. It was disastrously so. I, I didn't have a quarterback, but I tell you what, we had a couple field goal uh, kickers that were quite good. Oh, that's cool. oh yeah, all the soccer, yeah. And oh my gosh. I just remember uh, really getting to see the see the see the whole country that way. That was just wonderful. And you could you should some of these universities there. I mean, they're. Um, they're, they look like palaces. You're talking yeah. about like, you know, the, the Turkish architecture with lots of arches and, sure. and really big ones, right? So these huge, huge places, pristine, perfect, clean, yeah. and like, and and um, and almost empty when I was there. It wasn't really like a lot of people going there, but man, I, it, was, it was amazing seeing like, uh, you know, uh, Ephesus uh, yeah. and uh, Cappadocia and Izmir. And, you know, that's where uh, Dominicone hung out a lot. Right. He's up there in Turkey, right? You know, and and uh, and then and then sort of like you know seeing all those cities like you know, like uh, I think it was Phrygia and all these like amazing things like you know 
is that where the names of the modes come from? Or all these cities? <laughs> I, I think it's true. Like some yeah, regional, like uh, yeah. soil or something. Sure, and, sure. and and I, but you know, there's one th- in one of my trips. I remember um, being very impressed with the uh, the bands that played at the restaurants because they only played on Tuesday night, huh. all around the country. You're only allowed to do it on Tuesday night, and and the reason was is that you couldn't like jump bands and go play with other people. So everyone who plays together is like twenty, you know, for forever. <laughs> And it's like, and I remember like sitting there, and this was like I, I was teaching a, um, I, I was able to like um, add like a fingerboard harmony classes, um, okay. and um, lute history and guitar history yeah. courses program in Cyprus, which is really great because again, you're kind of it's really important to have those classes when people are coming in basically with no knowledge of classical guitar, and it's like, sure, hey, sure. check these pieces out. So yeah. that was really cool, but so so it's fresh in my mind. I remember going there, and so we're having a great meal. It's ridiculous food, so awesome. And um, and they had the band there, and this and it's all the instruments you would expect. But there was like what what we have here in the states or there in the states is uh, the hammer dulcimer. Okay. It's, yeah. And you know all this music is is is, is quarter tone music. It's the uh, forty eight scale system, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they're they're changing keys for almost every piece. They're changing sorry not keys modes right yes, yeah. for every piece. So they play the tune. And then uh, in between every song, the, the, what I call a dulcimer, it's not called a dulcimer, but I, it must be like the- Probably some sort of scissor, yeah. yeah. Some, some, something, when they're hitting it with the sticks and everything. And, and, um, but uh, what happened is that the person would just start you know, improvising and during the improvi- improvisation, he would start to adjust the keys as he was playing, just the, 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 the tuning. Yeah. As he was playing the stuff for the next, um, the next tune with a different mode. Oh, and wow. I started to remember like, I remember, um, you remember those uh, things, I think they were called Tastar de Corde. Do you remember hearing about that? Those, no. It was like a composition in, 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 in music where to, it, it really, I think it literally means to touch the strings. Okay, all right. So, you know, we go to a guitar concert and it's essentially, you know, sitting there listening to somebody tune and you're all right. waiting around, flicking our fingers. Okay, come on, when are you going to start? <laughs> these guys, these Tastar de Cordes were sort of like, you know, kind of compositions and, and sort okay. of as, as, as they were changing the, the tuning, yeah. And I was thinking, like, man, I wonder. I would always wonder where these guys in Italy, uh, where it was happening, got this from. And it's like sure. I think um, a lot of our instruments came from there. You know, a oh, lot yeah. of them, uh, the Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. You know, the of course, and the lute sure. itself. And I remember like being blown away by you know the fact that you're not allowed to. You're only allowed to play with that group. So that's like not a pickup group the real band so it's really <laughs> tight you know yeah i always oh, yeah. like that with you guys i've always said like we need we need a juilliard string quartet for every ensemble that we form with guitar that's what oh, dual yeah. 46 is at least, yeah. at least i try it to be and and um where you're together for a long time and not just a pickup huge group, difference you know? yeah yeah huge difference you know and it, that, that was a that was a great experience and and um i'm coming up now next year to uh have another uh loop class so i may revisit it but i remember like being something stuck in my mind that there's something there i'd like to research yeah that's that yeah i mean it totally makes sense you know yeah I mean, why, why wouldn't that tradition have you know traveled with it the instruments roots. right it has roots deeper than we um than we uh think and um it's nice seeing it yeah what a great time that was holy moly <laughs> so let's let, let, let's talk about the duo a little bit. Um, so you guys met when you were in school. That's right, in nineteen ninety four. That's and, right. And did you did you 
did you play together first, or did you, was there a romantic interest first? Which which happened? No, first? it's like if that's going to kill me, but I say I, I remember seeing Beth carrying her violin, <laughs> shorts. It's going to kill me. <laughs> and, uh, but I just thought she she walked really well with a violin. She looked like she knew what she was doing. I swear mm -hmm. to God, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you can play. I could tell she could play. Yeah. So of course, you know, I say, hey, you want to play some duets together? It's so corny. Nice. Oh my lord. <laughs> Well, it, and it actually worked for you. And it worked. <laughs> and, and then, and then uh, things kind of evolved. Um, but, but that was, uh, yeah. And, and that's when we were like sort of um, before we were what, what we are now, before we even had a name, yeah. you know, of course. And, and I remember uh, we just basically exhausted everything in the 19th century that you could play. And sure. it's like, now what are you going to do? <laughs> and and uh and that's when uh that's when um you, you know her dad bob i think you yeah. know bob yep I've met him. sort of like press guy um uh sort of like he researches like lots and lots of repertoire scores in the beginning so we would just get in the mail all these scores that no one oh, fantastic. i didn't know about all these scores that no one really heard yeah before. I, I, I didn't realize he was doing that for you guys that's, that's oh yeah in cool the very thing. beginning yeah. The whole, actually, throughout our whole career, he's been he's sort of been uh, he's looking around. He looks around and, and um, he's, he's a great researcher. He's retired now. So he, he's basically he's he says he's um, that's what he that's what he enjoys doing. And, wow. and so he, he, he puts us, hooks us up with lots of um, interesting people that, you know, otherwise um, we wouldn't know about composers and things and especially composers. Right. And, and scores yeah. and and kind of got the ball rolling for us. And then. Um, that's when we kind of like figured out um what we really wanted to do yeah. and it's like and then and it led you know directly to um you know my doctorate degree which which was um most awesome thing because i did all the work before i even started it you know my, oh, my, my education was uh, uh 20th century concert music for violin guitar so i, I researched Perfect. and annotated catalog of this stuff and um and discovered a catalog about um this is like my last, maybe in, in 2000 or so, um, there are about there are over 500 original works for uh, violin and guitar. Wow! And that and 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 of those works, um, about 10 percent of them were recorded. Of course, right. And 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 uh, are are the, some some of them were were played for sure, but they kind of like were like a premiere somewhere here and there, and not really yeah. follow through. But there was all this music that. Um, that uh, we decided to uh, present to the world and by decades, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we started with the fifties. Our first album was, was music of the 1950s, all these original compositions. There's about 10 of them mm -hmm. at that time. And it's still about 10. There may be one, one, I think one may creep in here and there. I think, I think um, there was a new one in the forties. Can't recall the name that, and, and then we also didn't record any ones, any of the pieces that we thought were already done representative. Sure. Um, and uh, and and we had a couple guys, so we didn't record re-record some of them that we thought were really good. Um, and uh, and then we started on this process. So there's um, and we kind of after we got started, that's when I went to Cyprus, 1999, 2000, okay. and uh, that's when we started doing like just commissions for ourselves. So and then yeah. so we did the we did a whole bunch of American commissions at that point, and that was okay. my dissertation to sort of like once I saw the. The dearth of American compositions uh, of this list of 500. We're talking about 15 of them at the time. Of 500, oh my gosh. it was clear to me um, that I needed to, um, you know, try to uh, drum up some uh, 
yeah. some music for us, right? And that's what we did. And uh, luckily for us, we met most of the people at the beginnings of their careers. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and we got all these great pieces and, and, and made these great relationships. And now if I ask them for a piece, it cost me an arm and a leg. But we got lucky <laughs> in the beginning. We met the right people. You know? And, uh, and, you know, buddy, you know, you meet people at school, right? So a lot of them sure. are people at school uh, that right, I went right, to school. Right. Tony Lamon, you know, uh -huh. of course, a great piece, Sonata 46. That's a, that is a tour de force for violin guitar. It's like, yeah. um, might as well be Rodrigo for solo guitar. It's like one of the best pieces um, and things like that. And, and we kind of got, and then from there, we just continued for, for another 10 years doing this. But um, I'm trying to talk Beth in. I'm, I'm trying to, um, she wants me to do a couple of things. I forget what it is, but um, I want to go back and finish the music of the 1960s because it's about, yeah about 12 pieces there and okay. and then there's um about a half not, not very many in the 1970s and then the 1980s hit it's an explosion of violin guitar music it was blew, blew my mind interesting and interesting. um yeah yeah and, and and of all this the first piece in the 20th century for violin guitar was 1952 um what and every, everything before <laughs> that were like songs like song yeah. arrangements the guitar and violin were a different thing, you know? Um, yeah, sure. And there's just nothing existed. But there was something found in the 40s. I can't, I'll think of the name. There was just recently, within the last 10 years, and it's like, oh. if I said the name, it's like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, um, but huh. uh, yeah, that, that blew my mind. It's like, why is that? You know, that I is, think it's- That's really strange, yeah. yeah. The music after 1945, there's like, you know, theory books talking about this everywhere. I think I think Smith Brindle's, Reginald Smith Brindle has that book, uh, Music, since 1945, I believe yeah. it's called. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And 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 all these a bunch of composers um, wrote some things, and especially this guy named uh, Bruno Bartolozzi. We recorded okay. it. It's our first my my first track on my first my debut record is a 12 tone composition that lasts about five minutes. Nice. What great marketing idea! Isn't that wonderful? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I love uh, it. Marketing. You, you, anyway, did you sell? Did you sell about a dozen of those? No, we we, we no no we, we we sold them all. In the I sold them all at concerts. But as far as right. like you know, okay, this like skip past. <laughs> but but you know, but it's it's funny. It was beautiful because it's he's from he's not from the Schoenberg school. He's from the Dalla Piccola school. Okay, so he was famous for um, well known. Uh, uh, you know, of course, the musicologist may, um, you know, um, tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, what are you talking about? But um, it's um, very melodic music. It's like sure. uh, it's like uh, Alban Berg or something like yeah. this. It's sort of like beautiful. music and it's beautiful and you have no idea this complete crazy structure that lies beneath. And yeah. and uh, but but the thing that blew me away and it's sort of like I, th I think um, Bar Bartolozzi, he had a preface trying to indicate tone color. So okay. he didn't know how to do this, but he would try have a little uh, a picture of um, like a, a like a horizontal line with mm -hmm. a a little like fingernail shape, like a moon, a little okay. fingernail moon shape. And he would say, you know, it would be like what we would call tasto or ponticello. Sure. So he was changing the nail angle on the strings to get the sound. And then I realized, oh and, and lots of other these sort of unique ways of uh, of sort of um, expressing what the guitar could express, you know, exploring what the guitar could do. And I just think, I think we took off in the fifties because we were just like a freak show to all composers yeah. before that. It's like, what the hell is a guitar? You know, they, <laughs> you know play, play some chords, trump some chords and somebody sing or something, yeah. which is like a, yeah. doing that for hundreds of years, right? <laughs> no? I, I, think, I, think, I think the avant-garde, we were an avant-garde instrument. You know, sure. that's, that's I my see that. On. Yeah. 
of like, hey, this check this out. And you know, we all they always say we we are a, a mini orchestra, right? Right. Uh, the guitar is a, a little orchestra in itself. Right. Sure. You know, we may not, we're not playing it that way so much anymore, um, but it really is um, capable of playing, um, you know, all these uh, sim simultaneously, all these different colors and different yeah. expressive things. And, and so I think they really liked that in the 50s, you know, and I really yeah. was, it was that really makes awesome. Sense. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, looking looking for for things outside the mainstream or whatever in, in the counterculture. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. How many recordings have you guys made? with the duo well i think i think i think to date we're somewhere floating around 15 oh my gosh wow. and but but they're not all i mean there's um uh there's uh, a bunch of them that are um just only us and um a lot of like uh, composer compilations right okay um and and part part of a whole bunch of other things which is uh, a really good uh it's really good for everybody you know yeah. um, and um and so there's about it's about 15 i think i have to count um, that's great recordings and some I, I always have a panic but i forgot one and 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 you know when i list on websites and stuff but that yeah and and, and then uh and then the, the thing is now uh looking back on that stuff i'm thinking man i can't believe i played that stuff <laughs> 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 don't get me wrong i can still get around carl i can get around all right but man like and then you know when you're playing, it's like you always kind of after a concert, you're ready to jump off a cliff sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you know, you listen to this like, man, this there's no man that was just awful. And then you go back <laughs> and and you look at some of the the recordings that you thought were like that. It's like, holy crap, what was I thinking? <laughs> that was really good, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. it's amazing. So if there's any word of advice to anyone listening out there, it's like you know, you know, it's not as bad as you think. And uh, yeah. and. Uh, and uh, I, I, I probably missed opportunities because I was saying, no, man, that's, I can't, I can't play this piece. There's no way we can do it, and and yeah. I'm not going to put it on a record. It's terrible. Uh, we have, we have now actually, um, Beth is pushing me really hard to um, release the basement tapes. Okay. <laughs> and I said I can't call it the basement tapes. It's already been done by Dylan. You can't yeah. do that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to call it the shed tapes. I'm going to shed there my shed right now that I rebuilt and. And 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 it's all these recordings that we we didn't think we played well, right? Yeah. It could be something like I remember Beth. She's very she's very she's a perfectionist. So it's like if she plays one or two notes a little out of tune, uh, yeah. she'll like shut it down. Like no, you cannot release this. And so um, uh, in a, this year, um, there's going to be two records we're going to re release, and and one and, and we're trying to figure out the best way to do it because CDs now, uh, physical right. CDs are yeah. really not a thing um and and but then i'm kind of weary about um um how it's going to be sold bought and sold and how right. how people are listening to things these days and and the artists yeah. are really getting kind of screwed what i think unless you think of these um albums and cds and recordings as business cards to get right. paying concerts right which that's, was, i think that's that's always been the case anyway but still you know it's 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 this is a whole different yeah. awful you have, level you have to like, you know, show and, up and, yeah. In addition to the low pay, the audio quality, you know, it's, it's, we've been, if you look at the, you know, the, the history of the recording industry, things always were getting, the fidelity was always getting better. 
you know, and then in the past 30 years, we've been compressing stuff and, and trying to make yeah. things easily downloadable and, you know, small files, small files. And, and the, the audio quality, especially, you know, for, for acoustic music of, of any kind, but especially for classical music, my God, there's so much detail that just gets truncated. And people are listening on their phones and little tiny speakers and stuff. And, and yeah. yeah, it's just, it's very weird to me. And, and, and I don't know how anybody makes any money at all on recordings yeah. anymore i think it's i think it's a, a lot of times it's um uh resume um um fodder it's good to have um to stay yeah. active and working because you know um it's really it's really i really get a treat when um someone actually um plays a few uh things from the guitar you know my from duo 46 and i was really excited do you remember andrew ma of course yeah of course he was in he was a uh, uh, um part of that whole um uh, uh debauchery um, after, <laughs> you know, the, the rule always was it's like you have two choices get to the semis or get to the finals or, or not what do you want to do you want to hang out with your buddies or do you want to go play the finals it's like eh, not so bad <laughs> it was, it, it's always a nice consolation prize to get to hang Ooh. out you know for the I just, when we were in great lakes um and sitting in there chatting in a room somewhere and the door was open and all of a sudden a person just flew past the door do you remember that yes. like halfway <laughs> like vertical yes. horizontal <laughs> and it was like you know this kung fu master Andrew right. Mom. anyway so he played sonata 46 when i heard about that i was really just man that was so oh, awesome that's cool. like, play for like on flute and stuff and 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 um yeah, I, so so I think I think the recordings. I always thought that we may have we should have maybe uh, approached like the historical society re type of recordings. You know, where, oh, yeah. where I was I was just I think I was in the back of my mind. Uh, you were playing concerts and, and making enough money and with all everything that one does, right? But I remember thinking like I, I want to leave this earth, leaving um, all these recordings. I think I'm playing well, <laughs> and and just maybe. Maybe the next generation or, or, or two generations will will start to expand their um, their interest into chamber music and and and, yeah. and, and and kind of move away from the 20th century solo guitar explosion that had to happen, right? So, but right. you know, the next step I really believe was um, chamber music. So I, I I feel good about that. It's not about the money. Um, I mean, all we got to do is record it and 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 uh, and get it out there. Um, right. And and it's uh, very little money, but. Um, I, I always thought that was the real value of the recordings was is just to sort of yeah. like give a, a body of work that yeah. um, could change the world um, if, if more and more, more and more of us were doing that. And, and, well, and the other thing is that that's always going to you know, hopefully it's it, that stuff's ending up in libraries, you know, where, where yeah. people will have access to it and, and they can use it. And for, so you, you mentioned your dissertation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking, did you catalog 500 works for violin and guitar for your dissertation yeah, yeah. that's I mean, right so there's no, there's no. a resource i mean come on you know yeah yeah that's that's the thing and it's like and when annotated means like um who premiered it if it's recorded yeah. um who was written for sure. so there's a lot there, there's some Amazing. of them are, are the newer pieces some of those people are still alive so um yeah. it's very good to talk to these people and, and find out what's going on and yeah it's, that was um that was a hard then and you're talking about in the year 2000 trying to annotate a catalog oh my gosh yeah. I mean, that's the time when music information centers were just kind of like yeah. coming on the scene. Now they're everywhere, right? And so everything is so, so like, you know, they, 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 I think I was part of, of a whole uh, team of people that knew that this was important to sort of like 
catalog this stuff and and somehow yeah. get it to like access on the internet and i remember i remember that and 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 i i, I really remember like trying you know i i had i couldn't i was trying to find i knew about these works from the czech republic from the uh from the 50s and 60s um uh, 40s 60s 50s and 60s i knew they existed um yeah. but i you can't they're out of print they were never really printed in mass quantities you can't find the music anywhere nothing you you, didn't, you don't have google like we had today right and i remember you know calling up the uh the office that handled artist you know the music and things and i remember the country was such in such bad shape that i had to send them like two or three dollars for them oh to photocopy photocopy the music for me because it was so expensive and this was like yeah. eastern block western block kind of stuff going right. on and, yeah. and it turns out half the composers were on the wrong side of the political spectrum then <laughs> right. right. and, and it was really difficult to get and and uh that, that was a, that was um i remember like wherever we played at wherever we went i go to the library and i wouldn't look at a catalog i just go there where the chamber music was guitar is and i just literally grab a stack of of like 20 or 30 pieces and yeah. sit at a table and find the violin and guitar one you know Amazing. you know i was joking like maybe i'll find some mozart concerto and be famous and <laughs> one day but but i remember you know um sort of like this intense kind of um you know interest in research trying to yeah. find this repertoire you know and you sure. know I, you know and at that time you know right before that it was like you know, when I was at Tom, uh, Pat University of Arizona, I mean, and I, and I credit Tom for this in, in half a ways, but I remember asking him uh, um, if I could play chamber music on my master's recital, and he said no. What? Nope. nope. And because, oh because he felt very seriously at that time that there's no career for oh um, gosh. chamber music and guitar, and he no, was I right. Have, I have to tell you, like, I don't know, the, the best gigs that I've had access to have been playing chamber music. There's there's a whole world out there that would, you know, I would, yeah. as a solo guitarist, I would never have access to those gigs. That's exactly right. And, and it's like, it's it become, you know, every gig you get, you can get two now because someone else is working with you. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to get those gigs. You're, you're sharing the load, you yeah. know? And uh, luckily I don't have to cut, I don't have to split the check. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just hand it over. Uh, that's, right. that's right laundering money up here is very difficult for me <laughs> i can only i can only be so bad <laughs> but i remember i i i mean that's that's a significant um that's a significant um understanding of the guitar world in in, in yeah. 1996 or whatever it is right, right. 97 yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and and you know there there is a lot of truth to that there's yeah. a lot of truth to that. I, I mean, when I when Beth and I tried to do uh, competitions, I think we were trying to do the fish off competition, which is um, yeah, um, it started it started trios. Yeah. So I had to prove that I wasn't doing going boom chicks in, the, in behind some bushes somewhere, <laughs> and Beth like you know, playing Tchaikovsky or something. <laughs> And, and and I had to prove that we were an equal duo. That was yeah. a process. That was like legitimately okay. We'll give you a shot. Send us a recording of, of you guys playing. Did you guys um, play a fish off? Um, I, I think I, I think um, I don't think did we make I don't think we made it. There was also one in Japan somewhere. Um, we didn't they didn't select us for some reason. It's like, yeah. and you know, you gotta realize I'm not playing um, of course nice. I'm I'm playing dirty, <laughs> dirty I'm not playing dirty, I'm playing dirty tonal music. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, and, and and you know, and, and I remember, I, I remember our, our first one of our first reviews for our first album was like these these guys are just impeccable, remarkable, blah blah blah, and they could have picked a better path to success if they just play a little Paganini or something. Play a little oh, Jew- come on! Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but the thing is, you, you you know, as I got older. Um, I understand that it's nice to for an audience to have a little bit of the old, something in the middle, and something new. It's kind of nice for an audience, but at that time, you know, you know, twenty year old Matt, it's like, man, no, that's that. <laughs> you had next, you had next grind. You were, you were, you were, you were, you were a crusader, yeah. <laughs> I tried, I'm trailblazing this thing, and it's like I'm going to like, uh, I'm going to do something. And if you ask me if I like it or not, it's like I don't know if I like the piece. It's like. I'm playing it. Someone has to. I love it. Nice. I'm nice. going to play. The, I'm going to play the S out of it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and 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 see where see where it lies. You yeah. know, if you all like it, great. If not, um, okay. But um, and that was like you know, this is fish talk. This is not. Um, it's not. It's a, it's a more traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music thing. So no, no. But, but I remember that. that, that maybe, was like, maybe it should be. You know. When you yeah. put these things together, and when and then Tom's telling me these uh, what he thinks, of course I'm saying like you know f you Tom and getting mad at him, right? Of course, <laughs> but he was right in a lot yeah. of ways, and he's still right today in a lot of ways too. So, um, and you know that place is always. I mean, that's I think it's one of the best grad programs in the country yeah. because you oh, know yeah. in terms of results, I mean he he figured out how to get people to do really, really good work and what to concentrate on. And you just look at the number of people that have associations to their program who ended up being really, really successful. And it's whatever he figured out, you know, like uh, it, 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 it worked, so. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's because we had in-house competitions. We had two, uh, this now I think is maybe four or five, but we had two yeah. or three competitions every year in, in-house. Right. And and concerto competitions. Right. So um, and it was so nice just seeing all those people from all over the world there. Um, yeah, a lot of guys yeah. from Brazil. Um, sure. And um, and 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 because, I mean, there, there really was something um, there really is something to say about solo guitar playing. Man. It's yeah. really pretty remarkable. And, you know, of course, you know, you can't you know, for me playing solo guitar, when I went to these competitions with you, when you were around, we were doing that stuff. I always picked some of the. I think I picked bad repertoire. <laughs> I'd always get I'd always get to like semifinal rounds, a couple finals here and there, but mostly semifinal rounds of you know, of course, but you know, um, but it was always like the repertoire was not um was was a little um not so standard. And that's, you know that's you know, such a hard that's such a hard thing though, you know, and and I don't know, like if people have really strangely specific ideas on what it takes to do that right and and do they agree i don't know you know it's it's just it always strikes strikes me as, as being kind of a strange thing and you, you talk to one guy and he's so oh, if you want to win kid competitions you play this repertoire if you want to win and all i could ever figure out is you you can't you you can't play with mistakes i mean that that's really that was that was the thing you know? that was the thing right and 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 also you um if you if you interpret something and this is still to today, I believe it's it, it's normal. It's, it's I, I get it, but if you play something kind of like um, very unique, if 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 Segovia would show up and play a competition, yeah. doing all his things that um, are like sometimes like, why are you doing that? You know, yeah, all the idiosyncratic. Um, it's very personal. Yeah. It was very yeah. it's very personal interpretation yeah. of things and and, yeah. and use of a lot of color. Mm-hmm. Um, you're almost unjudgeable compared to everyone else. 
And, and, and unless you, if you go that route, you are also scrutinized even stronger because, um, okay, you're going to do this. Yeah. We all know about colors. We all know about, <laughs> about you're going to choose to do it. Okay. Just go. You better be spot on. Um, and, and to this day, to this day is, it's still the case. And, um, and I get that because it's almost like we're, we're, uh, making guitarists, um, sort of we're, we're sort of flattening everything and making it all kind of uniform so it's sort of like a a known product you know yeah, when you show sure. up to play a concert it's kind of like it's going to be you know uh the chestnuts which are very good yeah. <laughs> and and rites of passage and things like that it's sort of like a high level but yeah i always found i found that to be um case yeah and and, and, I, and, and I think i think you know and and you you are absolutely you know a a a preacher for the, the the gospel of chamber music and and i think even with that um with that attitude and 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 i i share that as well but like the solo playing is also really important i don't you know i think it's really it's critical to maintain your chops as a solo player so That's that right. you have have those things in reserve to bring to a chamber music experience and you know well, I, um that's right the, the cavatina duo uh, uh dennis and and, and eugenia yeah, she, she. I. I don't think she was kidding. She told me that she would divorce him if he stopped playing solo concerts. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I. I don't think she was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, for me, for me, um, my my take on all this is um, that uh, um, there is there there is time when we have to play and study solo guitar for yeah. sure. It's um, the foundation. I'm with you that know. through master's degree. Um, and, and in the master's degree and maybe a little bit in the undergrad um, besides guitar ensemble, really trying to um, get um, there, there's things that you have to learn how to do. You, you, you can make mistakes and you have to be able to play something with the same tone color from beginning to end. No color mm -hmm. changes at all. You have to have this kind of control and ability. I truly believe this. And, and there are standard pieces that one should play to be able to do them and, 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 uh, and demonstrate that, yeah, I got all the chops you need and I can play and sound like any recording you can find. Mm -hmm. I really get that. Now you take that same person, you stick them with someone like Beth, a violinist who is so expressive mm -hmm. the violin itself is so singing and so loud and soft and moving and going yeah. doing all this expressive stuff and if we take that same guitar player and stick it next to someone like that it, you might as well be sitting in the bushes yeah, and just yeah. like it sounds it's embarrassing because I, I, yes, they're I so yeah, they are yeah. so musical and yeah. and that's what really that changed my life when i played with her because you know i finger things so i i think i do not think um, what is it? Um, horizontally, I don't yeah. think in position. Oh. I play melodies up the string like a string player, sure. and it's really, really hard. It's <laughs> kind of practice a lot, and and it's sort of match her articulation and her sound and expressivity. And I think I I really I've, I said this before. I've said it a lot. I believe we need to sort of like push the chamber music somewhere near the master's degree. Definitely some kind of thing in the yeah. doctorate degree where you have to really play outside the box. Absolutely, yeah. And and then our audiences will come back, yeah, because yeah. we're boring them to tears with our brilliance. <laughs> and 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 you know when I go to concerts, it's like you know um, you know most of them are usually guitar players watching guitar players, you know, yep. like new yep. nails, and they're fantastic, oh, fantastic yeah. playing. 
Hey, that was Beth just visiting me. Ah. Call me a power core because I'm losing yeah. power. <laughs> yeah. Just hurry up. Just hurry up. But yeah, so so me was always um that that beef that um how can how can we get guitar players to play um, more expressively, to play outside the box, you know, because I was not trained this way. Right. None of us were. Um, yeah. And and I was trained to sing, and Barwiko would always like, you know, I I was I was kicked out of a lesson once because he asked me if I sang, I think it was, I was playing Ponce at the time, the second movement of the third sonata. And I remember playing this thing for him. It, it was all right. It was, you know, I didn't miss any notes. And it was like, you know, some vibrato here and there. <laughs> but he asked me if I actually sat down and sang it, you know, away from the guitar. And I said, no, lesson was over at that moment. Went and got some coffee or something. Oh and, my gosh. It stuck with me. And, and, and it was so, and, and, you know, and now I see, um, you know, uh, I've always proud of myself on my melodic sense since then. And, and I see a lot of his students now studying with him. And when you hear him play, you can really hear that beautiful singing quality, yeah. which means like, you know, breathing and shaping of phrases yeah. like a violinist would or a singer would. Yeah. And um, that's, that's a rare, that's rare. Yeah, it's catching I, on I a little agree. bit more, but it's really rare. So, but how can you like um, push someone to do, um, extreme musical ideas, what would be considered extreme musical per personal ideas, yeah. and and be judged along others who um, maybe uh, are not there or don't find it, who, who are not like that as a person or right. something, or how, how can we sort of bridge this gap? How can we sort of have both? And my, 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 my solution, I really believe, is, is um, that we need to do that um, after a definitely a four or five year hardcore study of like sure. the 20th century approach to uh, guitar, which is solo, yeah. really solo and really prove ourselves and really develop our skills because it's very efficient. We know what we're doing. We can teach monkeys to play. Aim directed motion. <laughs> right? We'll visualize or something, right? You know, yeah. we have all kinds of like scientific techniques. We have it, we, we know how we know everything about it. We can do it very quickly. We, working at the community college, working at here at Cambrian, yeah. you know, yeah. zero to hero in a year time. They're playing grade eight dance pieces. You know, you know what I mean? So yep. it's like you know what we're doing. Very efficient. Our languaging is very efficient, our vocabulary is very, very, very advanced. But you know when you but when they sit there and play with musicians, yeah, they sound like guitar players. They, they sound like yeah. guitarists. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't sound yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, and I, I think if, if for if my from my point of view, a lot of the, a lot of what I what I saw early off was the reason we don't play chamber music because we can't hang. You know, like yeah, those those guys can read like nobody's business. Um, yeah. You know, they like you said, they play expressly all the time, and yeah, we 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 sound terrible next to that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We sound terrible <laughs> by ourselves. We yeah. sound pretty good. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like a it's kind of catch twenty two. What to do about it? And and you know, right. when it's, it's it's a big wake up call. You know, I think you you take somebody you know who's who doesn't play chamber music and you you, you put them in that situation and hopefully the light bulb comes on. They say, oh wow, okay, yeah, this is what I'm talking. And I and I tell my students like all the time, like if, if you want you want to learn how to phrase, play with singers. You know, you yeah. you want to learn how to how to play dynamically, play with string players. You know, like you, you, and playing playing with musicians who need to breathe in order to you know, have to figure out where to breathe. You yeah. know, oh, yeah, it, it yeah. makes it changes everything. 
you know. Yeah, it does. And and, and if and you know, but the, you know, you know, it's really interesting for um for the solo guitar. You know, you know, there was always there's there's always talk that there was life before Barwaco and life after guitar life <laughs> before and after. I think there's a movie about it, and and uh, and that's exactly right. There was something there, and I remember um. You know, and, and Aaron Shearer was the guy that was kind of like, he really changed the world in a lot of ways. Um, even though um, some of, you know, when you listen to some of the students from, um, from the 70s all the way through now, um, sometimes it's a bit dry. Yep. I mean, they even said Manuel was um, like a dry player or an unmusical player. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm biased, right? Did, did, you, you, know. did, you did your undergraduate with him, right? Yeah, yeah, and I did a master, a master's, and a, and a graduate performance diploma too. And um, okay, and so and there for a long time, yeah. And it was like I was with them for about six years, wow. and uh, and we just basically found creative ways to, to keep working together. And and I remember, um, yeah, uh, you know, Aaron Shearer came up with um, a series of books in around 1990 or so, uh -huh. designed to sort of like just lay out. The world to everyone <laughs> guitar yeah. world and there's three series one is like the encyclopedia of movement and definitions uh -huh. and approaches and things like that the second one was sort of like how to start someone from zero and teach them how to read and all these things yep. and no one knows really there's a third one yeah and the third book is interpreting music yeah um and i have a really great system that i learned from a buddy of mine in pedagogy and in, in, in peabody um mickey beersling um, I'll give you the letters and you can sort of make up, you know, sometimes we have pneumatic devices to memorize things, yeah. right? So this is M T H R F C system. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy used this to pat. He said, if you Googled, if you use this, for your history assignments and you know the essays you got to write yeah. what it stands for is melody texture or timbre uh harmony rhythm form and counterpoint nice love it so in this in in this in this third book everyone just wants to okay Sheer, thank you very much for the scientific approach to things we'll go sure. visualize we understand you understand <laughs> the the dangers of repetition, you know, yeah. you know, we, we, we understand the dangers of um, of how to develop our performance skills by playing slowly and like, yeah. and then speed it up and like everything's comfortable, everything's perfect and and to know everything you're going to do before you do it. OK, yeah, we got we get it. OK, now we say that <laughs> at that time it was like, whoa, what are you talking revolutionary. about? Revolutionary. Yeah, revolutionary. So when I when so so one of the ways I'm bridging the gap um, with the solo what I believe is a so, really essential solo study is that forcing these kids to, um, to really analyze every chord and make yeah. sure if it's a one chord going to a five chord, if you just take the H out of my system, yeah. um, the harmony, and you have to understand ones and fives. Yeah. And, and if you play an etude, like a, a machine all the way through with perfect tone and perfect technique, mm -hmm. like one good boy, you pass the test, everybody's happy. Um, <laughs> if you play like that, um, it's terrible. It's absolutely yeah. terrible. Even though it's like perfect, it can be yeah. not simple pieces either. I'm talking about all of our repertoire. I've, yeah, I, I've absolutely. Music, all the music. Time. Yeah. 
we can actually we can actually prepare ourselves to play with musicians if we've actually played like musicians and and that means um the most successful ones for the last hundred years are, are for at least our known the known years of recording to history you know there's a there's a there's a there's a mismatch of everything but if we could somehow instill in them um that um, no it's not okay to play carcassi number three etude and the first measure is one and it goes to a five chord that second measure better be juiced right yeah in some yeah. way or another yeah. you yeah. know and by the way the first measure has suspension that resolves yeah. down a six five so what was carcassi <laughs> trying to teach us 200 years ago he's trying yeah. to teach us how to play musically because they did a lot of chamber music yeah. so and and for guitar players we tend to like it's kind of cool fast and loud it's really nice right. i really like yeah. it yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> It's a dangerous thing. It's like, that's oh, so cool. <laughs> and when you, go, when you go through this list, he, he addresses um, all of these concepts. Um, yeah. Not understanding the form. Uh, you know, you have to do that. Yep. Not under, a counterpoint is linked to melody. The, the, mel the melodic implications are, are also linked with harmony. So when, so the, the, one of the articles I'm working on is, is this article called... Um, uh, revisiting Villalobos. It's a working okay. title. Uh, yeah. Villalobos Revisited or something, where where I'm, I'm attempting to sort of take a look at these uh, preludes, starting with the uh -huh. preludes and talking about how we've basically been playing them wrong for about ever. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in, a, in, in, a, in a, when you sample all the recordings, there are passages in there that almost everyone agrees on uh -huh. that sound beautiful. And they follow all the rules of harmony, melody, form, counterpoint, everything at the stylistic time. It's just spot on, but it's yeah. surrounded by like, what the hell are you doing? And, <laughs> and, and when you look at the things that sound really nice, they follow all the rules of not if there weren't such things as rules. Yeah, but I mean, no, it, I know it, what you're saying. Yeah. the language, the understanding of, of yeah, understanding like it, 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 a lot of that comes down to understanding the, the polarities between tension and release. Yeah, know, and, and exactly. how you're going to handle handle that, and how that how that expresses itself through all of those different elements, you know. And That's right, and you just can't do what you want to do when you want to do it. But you yeah. know something, I take that over a lot of things. You yeah. know, something happening all the time. Yeah, um, yeah do yeah. something with it, and then later on, you can talk with teachers and study yourself and realize that you know. It's not maybe it's not a good idea to crank on a five, you know, five one cadence. It's maybe not a good idea to crank on the one, you know. Yeah. But maybe you could, yeah. You know, but I mean, just simple things like that. And and for the fiddle players, they just the way the music is written, it kind of lends itself all by itself. It just kind of seems to happen, yeah. You know, I don't. I, but for us, as 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 the harmonic foundation. Melodic, you know, melodies, simultaneous melodies on our guitar, which create chords, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and sort of like going with that, there's there's a certain amount of um, uh, detail that we are missing because we yeah. we're starting people um, very late compared to most. And we're also uh, um, all the all the reference material is somewhat um, not exactly uh, great. In the sense sure. that it's it's not as musical as it could be, very sound, very impressive, and 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 time and time again, and it's still around a lot. Is that, yeah, the kids weren't forced to play music, right. and 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 for me, I've always been around people from throughout my career who believe that technique is first and music is added later. Yeah, and I didn't want to drop any profanity, but that's <laughs> horseshit. 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's it, it needs to happen all at the same time, man. Like you, it has to happen simultaneously. But yeah. you know, um, you, sometimes you got to maybe open it in a Pandora's box. That's hard to do sometimes. And and maybe maybe um, maybe it's okay to sort of have them play mechanically for five or six yeah. years and then be reintroduced to this musical idea. So well, my I think I think you, can, like, you can I, kind of in, inject little grains here and there. Yeah. You know, and as part of the process, if, if you just open their minds to, oh, I have to think about this too, you know, yeah. and, and just very simple concepts, you know, balancing a, a melody against an accompaniment, you know, playing playing the, the notes in a line where they all have a, a consistent sound so that they sound like a line, you know, I mean, just simple things like that, you know, you can do even with, with very, very basic basic repertoire and 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 just it's i think it starts the process you know it, it starts yeah. them to think about that stuff um, yeah that's right that's right it's critical it, i think it's yeah. absolutely critical but um, i'm i think i think um there's an article in me about this too at some point in the future but um i really like to sort of have a panel discussion about such things you know where where um because you know those who you've if you experienced um trying to push that musical sense early, earlier than is traditionally done in most instruments. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it hinders their development. It's, it's definitely going to make things harder in the present because it's more difficult to do. Right. Right. But maybe it'll somehow hinder them. Maybe it's, maybe it's normal for, for, um, for people to kind of just play the notes because that that's kind of hard in itself. Right. And, and if you're dealing with, with kids too, there's, there's, there's only so much understanding of that depth that they're going to have. So, well, well, I'll tell you what, um, like Suzuki would always do. I got really highly into Suzuki because the idea is like you play musically yeah. from the very beginning, twinkle, twinkle, little star variations, you're playing it musically. Um, and, and, and the thing is you introduce things in a very specific order. Right? right. Like, for example, if you have someone who's four years old, the first, you know, you're not going to teach a four year old to use Roboto. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can have a, a lengthy explanation of how this works. And they say, OK, right. yeah, <laughs> uh, this is why Carl does not teach children. <laughs> well, look, the thing is, the first thing they do is learn how to play loud and soft. Mm hmm. And the next thing they do is they kind of at the end of a piece, slow down. Right. You, so, right. so it's always based on the sound that you yeah. make um, and and there there is an order to to this uh, rubato being the ultimate um um test of a good musician right. i always believed was was movement and yeah. and um and you can hear it when they play slow movements that's yeah. when you know someone is a musician and someone's a guitarist i it's a right. terrible thing to say i'll probably get lots no, of I, I i agree with that 100 percent, and that that's that was always something that uh right yeah some, something yeah, that it, i believe yeah, so, in very strongly yeah yeah, so I mean, yeah, so that's that's um that's kind of um interesting, you know, um with the chamber music, and I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's like, when for me, when when can we um you know pedagogically um, introduce um, music? I believe it's right away. Right. So Eric Shear's first book is the Soul Rays. It's like a G and a D for like mm -hmm. five pieces. Well, what can you do there? Well, G is one and D is five. Yeah. Go, be creative. Play the D's yeah, loud yeah. and the G's soft. Step, <laughs> step one. Why am I doing that? I don't know, because I told you to. 
because it sounds good. <laughs> no, and then, and then it kind of sounds, you know, but then, you know, it's like, you have, it kind of sounds, you know, once you introduce um, musical ideas, it kind of starts to sound a little clunky sometimes because, um, you know, you're not missing notes, but there's kind of, there's something musically not quite right, but, but everything is where it should be. But the subtlety and the nuance takes time to develop. Right. But at least you planted the seed, yeah. right? And I think we can be better as guitarists. I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, many times, uh, <laughs> you know, a student will come in and play, and it's like halfway through the first measure, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but as frustrating as that is, it, it, I mean, you're, you're doing your job, right? I mean, I, I always, okay. when, when, when I was treated that way by teachers, I always thought, okay, you know, this is great. They're not letting me get away with anything. They're, they're, they're holding me accountable for this stuff. And we're not wasting time with me, you know, putzing around through something, you know. Um, but it's perfect. But you were, you were not, you, your putzing is like everything, all the notes were there and it was perfect and great sound and everything, right? That's not right. putzing around. So, See, well, like, maybe, you know. Like, you know yeah. Good days and bad days for sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of, um, it's something that um, really needs to be discussed if we're going to um, evolve. I truly believe that chamber music is the 21st century for guitar. Yeah. And the 20th century so. really solo. And, and uh, we may be, it may be like, you know, uh, a pendulum swinging back and forth or something, but I do know that um, playing musically is, is kind of the most important thing, yeah. period. And if you're, if you're hacking notes and missing notes, that ain't cool. So <laughs> no, that, that's not acceptable, right? And it's, it's sort of like, um, I tell my students all the time, always have, it's like, uh, if you want to make it in this world, you better be saying something because there yeah. are people right now, I mean, that come out of the woodwork yeah. playing like all the hardest repertoire just yeah. flawlessly. Yeah. How can you How did this happen? <laughs> Where did these people come from? <laughs> A lot of the times they are just like, you know, yeah. mechanical. They come from sometimes bluegrass. They sometimes come from metal. They sometimes come yeah. from shredding places. And it's also just cool to play fast and loud. And, yeah. and I think um, if you're going to compete on that level, in that way, in that style of, of, or interpretive or approach, whatever you, whatever you can call it, I'm not sure what to call it. Um, and you have students coming in, starting at 16, 17 years old, 18 years old, playing guitar. And we can teach, like I said, monkeys to play. We get them going really good. By the time I'm 21 and 22, I was like 18. By the time I was 20, I'm sitting there with 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 yeah. Manny. So it's like, how, who would ever expect such a thing? And it's yeah. um and and um so 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 to. Uh, you know, if you're going to compete with that, it's like, good luck. Your only chance is to be a musician. Sure, Not your sure. only chance, but your big chance is like, say something. You got something really special to say that people would, if they heard it, be like, wow. Yeah. You can't miss the notes. You can't be doing that. You can't have like, you know. You know. I, I've seen, but since I moved to Canada, it's like, it's really interesting. One of the things I learned here, you know, because, you know, Aaron Shear was more like a, yeah, there's a lot of left-hand um, brilliance in there too, but it was really about sort of like right-hand movement. It was really a right-hand centric um, approach to things because that seemed to be the, the biggest problem. And if you think about it, it's like everybody plays a guitar, but the right hand is the difference between a pick and fingers, yeah. right? That's the biggest yeah. difference as I'm sure you know, and everyone knows. Um, but I remember, um, you know, just uh, um, 
when you when you think when you think um, a right-handed approach, you know, it was always, um, you know, I was never allowed. I mean, if 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 Manny heard this, he'd probably like be calling me up and say, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like, he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he, he just he's a, he, yeah. he doesn't you know. But it's like I remember, you know, my hand was did not move from that ordinary position. If I wanted a little bit of color, I could rotate my I could tilt my wrist back and forth a little bit. But I ain't gonna be pulling a bream and playing down there at the yeah, bridge yeah. up there near a the 12th fret or wherever else. It's like, man, you know, oh. f that. And and I remember um. Being, so so when I saw when I look at right hands around the world, you, the, the, the huge improvement on guitar is that is our right hand across yeah. the planet. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's why when I say monkeys, we can play can play. It's like it's not that it's not that's not I really feel feel great about it, but it's, I, it's, I'm very nothing against monkeys. <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, I can't sit for an hour listening to like um, that. I, I always tell them it's like if you want to play like that, go play the piano. Sure. And I'm sorry. It's like, and they argue with me all the time. Pianists saying like, we can do color. It's like, yeah. nah, it, like we yeah, can yeah, do right. color. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you have articulation. You have sound. But guitar, it's like, look at what you could do. Yeah. Right. And I remember like, um, um, coming when I came to Canada, um, and I see it in, in France as well. I would be sitting there listening to people play, and it's like, man, it's perfect. And there's there's musical things happening from time to time, and just like anywhere in the world, and like good sound, accurate, virtuosic music. Yeah. And I'm looking at their right hands, and it's just oh my god, I can't even look. I mean, just like <laughs> thumbnails, like an inch long, and all this stuff. And it's like fingers flying around, yeah. Oh, just like yeah. this, what I was trained to be like a no-no. And yeah. it's like, what are you going to say? It's like it's working fine. It ain't yeah. broke. Don't fix right. it. Why does it have to be in the mid range? Why does it have to be so perfect? Yep. So yep. I remember yep. um, that, and it really changed in the last ten years being here and seeing. It, it's like, man, I've seen some hands that are like, whoa, um, I would never allow that to go down. And and um, and now, you know, our job, I believe, my job for sure is uh, my my duty is to make sure they understand everything this year talked about, which is. Um, all the principles of efficient muscle function, mid-range sure, alignment, sure. follow through, all this stuff that we kind of know yeah. in the back of our hand now. So and, they can be healthy, so, yeah. Why take a chance, right? Why take a yeah. chance? But if someone shows up playing with like just a pinky sticking out like crazy yeah. um, or like the, just like, you know, helicopter, you know, bicycle wheel fingers. And, <laughs> and it's like the most- Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you see but, it, you but, see like that I said, stuff. It's accurate, great sound and a great well played and what are you going to say so i yeah. learned since the last 10 years not to be such a um so rigorous about yeah. how it must be but it's it, generally most students you know will gravitate towards what what is considered sure, standard sure. repertoire well, now i think i think there's you know there's there there are principles you know just mechanically speaking how how the guitar creates sound right and we have to work with within those and people come up with different solutions on how, on how to do that and and you know i i really try to avoid using like description of right or wrong with with my students when it comes to you know when we're talking about technique because they'll say oh am i doing this right and it's like well I don't want to use that that terminology, but let's talk about what you might want to do, and 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 that's kind of how I talk about it. It's like you know, that's that's the kind of technique you might want to have, or and this is why. And yeah. the other thing that I always tell them is, is you know, if if you take t like ten really fantastic players, 
doesn't matter who they are, you know, and look at their hands. They're all going to look different. And who's right? None of them are, you know, they're all right. None of them is right. They've figured out solutions that work for them. And, you, you know, know, when it comes right, right down to it, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. It's, it's you know, it doesn't right. sound good. And it's prim primarily right hand. Primarily yeah, right absolutely. hand. Absolutely. Yeah. I think left hand concepts are universal. Yeah. You know, um, and, and some are better than others. Guide fingers, pivot fingers, avoid parallel fingerings. Yeah. yeah, I remember, you know, that, that kind of stuff is um, 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 really important to remember that the left hand, I think, is pretty much, you can be pretty strict about how it moves and how, how you play notes yeah. and, and, where, and how you choose, where you choose to realize them on the fingerboard um, and how, how the hand moves about from place to place. Letting go before you go somewhere, you know, making sure um, if you had a blindfold on, you always have a point of reference, things like this, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. where you always know where you are on the instrument. I think that's universally like no matter who you are, um, if, if you have um, funkiness in your left hand, you're going to miss a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, right, the right hand, the right hand, though, that's yeah. uh, I've learned like I kind of like, you know, there's it's all about like what sound you want to get. And I remember yeah. like. The Peabody, um, Bream and Segovia were were like the devil. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, like, you know, no rhyme for reason. I have no idea why they're doing something like this. Why they are yeah. playing this color here or this thing there? Sure. It was not. It was not. You cannot sort of like figure it out and put it in a method book in any way. It was sort of like an individual decision yeah. of how they were hearing it. It was always very exciting. That's what made. We were sitting here talking guitar, and we're guitar yeah. players because of what these two people did, right? right, right. And he always Absolutely, had, yeah. He always had Williams there, who was basically perfect. Yeah. But I heard him play two concerts where he made four mistakes. So no. I remember that forever. But you You're know, the only person so I've ever heard say that they saw Williams make a mistake. Yeah, I, I, he missed Prelude three one time. He missed the, you know that second section in Prelude Three of Villalobos where it's like uh, the little descending uh, um, pedal point there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pedal point that was great. That was wonderful. Oh my gosh. We, we, we went out and drank some beers on that one and just celebrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're one of like a very small minority of people who have seen that. <laughs> but that so you, but you had like um, this sort of musical um, approach to uh, music making, and you had Williams. Yeah. Everyone said was like very uh, boring player, very like straight kind of player. I always think I, I always thought it would de it depended on what he was playing. When well, me, some of the I stuff he played was very exciting. You know? Well, for me, it was always what I heard on the rec record was one thing, and when I saw the person live, it was very expressive, and it yeah. sounded the same, nothing really different. But I remember like when, I, when that was like the vibe when I went to school and, and like upon graduation and like moving on, it kind of turned out to be like Segovia and Bream were kind of some of their favorite guitar players. So they were pulling some Jedi mind trick on me. It's like just so I would like focus on what I needed to focus on. Oh, how and funny. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. These are the role models you want you to follow and, and right. not these. Right. Amazing. So, so it, it kind of goes with what I was saying before about the you know, solo sure. chamber or something. It's, there's something there's something to that. We have to manipulate <laughs> the environment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know? No, that's know very, where we that's, are. That's very interesting, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. You uh, know, I, I did see, what, when I saw Williams once, I remember, like, I was in the third row. I think we drove from Arizona to L.A. to see him. 
somewhere like that. And and he was playing, I think he was going to play like Saccaro variations that really like kind of date, very quiet piece of harmonics everywhere or something yeah. like that. And he told everybody in the audience, so make sure you, uh, you know, if you have candies to unwrap and, <laughs> and you've got to like move around, you've got to fart or something, just get it out of the way now before I start. So we tuned up, right? So everyone's like silent. You hear all this noise. I'm in the second or third row, right in front of them. And and in front of me, a couple of rows up were a couple of church ladies. Yeah, I, I just say church. I mean, just like dressed to the tilt. It looked like yeah. 1950s. It pulled up and, and packed, parked into the front row. And and um, big hats and like yeah. things. I couldn't even see past some of the hats. Anyway, so everyone's <laughs> got their own thing. I remember sitting there. Okay, here comes the piece, right? Starting to play this piece. And the people in front of me, you know, they started open candy wrappers. Oh, my God. Right in the middle of the piece. So what did they do? Segovia taught us all this. You give yeah. them the hairy eyeball. You give them yeah. the evil eye. You tear them down. <laughs> you know, just, just stare at them the whole time, right? And that's what he proceeded to do. Yeah, Didn't stop anything. Yeah. Turned out the ladies in the front row were all blind. I love that. And, oh and I remember God. that to this day that, you know, just fantastic. take it easy, brother. Just take it easy up there. <laughs> I think, yes. I think at that point, my buddy who I went with snuck in a couple of Heinekens and he kicked the bottle over and rolled down the aisle. Oh. It was a disaster, you know, just hysterical. But that was a, a moment. Um, he also missed a note in that one, too. So I was like, oh I, 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 I wrote it all down in my like diary. <laughs> <laughs> Momentous occasion. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Many of those well, Ma Matt, I think I think we can wrap it up unless there's uh, anything else that uh, any other guitar world problems we need to solve immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The guitar world problems. Um, well, but I, I will say, like, I'm really excited. I, you know, um, when I came to Canada, I was really excited because there was a big, strong guitar thing going up here. But yeah. since I've been here, I've been seeing a huge growth in guitar in the United States, especially with uh, orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, it's the the programs in the schools are it's it's exploding in, in some places. Yeah, you know, the northern northern Virginia area and and out um, in the in the desert southwest in, in I guess New Mexico and out Oklahoma are really blowing up. You know, yeah, really impressed. And and you know, I mean, guitar guitar orchestra in general. I always had you know I I understand what it is, but it's like yeah. it's kind of hard to deal with like fifty or sixty classical guitarists all in the same range. It's not my and favorite this, sound. Not, it's my, not favorite my favorite sound. sound. <laughs> and, and, and I think about um, our buddy up there. Our, 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 um, uh, he's gone now. Uh, Montagna uh, Ofi. Oh yeah. Ofi, yeah. Uh, and he used to how he used to talk about how um, horrible orchestra was. Yeah. What a terrible thing for us yeah. to be doing. And, <laughs> and, it's and, a trade-off, I think. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way for us to to educate a lot of kids in a structured environment. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, we're starting to see some of the, the fruits of those labors and yeah, exactly. I, you know, we, there's, there aren't any professional guitar orchestras running around. Thank goodness. I can say well, there, here there are, here there are not, not, really? I think I, I know, I know there's a couple in Germany um, for sure. I know about, oh, wow. And there must be, um, I must be, I mean, well, there's a I mean, Japanese, there's a there's a Japanese one too, isn't there? Well, there's lots. That's the Nabori Orchestra with the yeah. with the, uh, everything tuned in fourths. 
Right. You know, the guitar oh being retuned, you know, yeah. um, like a violin. So it's easier to read. And, and Chuck's doing great things out there in Arizona and, and, and all the stuff he's doing with the GFA. I just yeah. so it's like um, I, I kind of miss the states in the sense that it's a, a just, <laughs> 50 million people or something like that. And there's only like 35 up here and it's like it's smaller. Um, but I'm, I was um, I'm really impressed with um, what's happening there. Yeah. I think I think um, we're going to be better counters, you know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think sure. we're going to be able to actually get along with each other, you know. <laughs> and other musicians, maybe. <laughs> step, step one, step two, other musicians. Step two, at least you're not going to fight with your, you know, with your with your guitar mates, and 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 or um, or like just you can actually like you know not sound like you're playing a ping pong match anymore. It's like you know, in the wrong place, <laughs> you know. I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool. So we, you know, so but for me up here, it's like uh, my orchestra here, a citywide orchestra is. Um, um, I bring in like acoustic guitars and and electrics and 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 mandolins and stuff and, and ukuleles and and and, and try oh, and cool. create a an orchestra and it and it's really great because um, it uh, involves um, all of the classical majors, for example, yeah. as leaders and sort of bringing in people who are studying in you know. And privately, or at uh, music stores, or oh, or cool. um, just sort of like um, so you create kind of a community, yeah. All fit in. They all got a place in the choir, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm really jealous of what's happening down there in the states because it seems to be like you said, exploding. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's and it's like, and where does that fit into my, um, you know, recipe for the success of guitar in the world? You know, it's like yeah. there's something that's that's in there somewhere. And yeah. I think it was a very um, smart idea because guitar classes in general are kind of lame. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> and um, and 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 I mean, Segaris. I remember like learning about Segaris, and what, and he was saying the same thing. It's like, man, the first the first pieces that you learn are just too hard, man. It's like they're just too difficult. And and I really have seen this great, um, all these great compositions. Your Kindle comes to mind, uh, Houghton down there, and all, you know, and and a bunch of people that um, uh, a cruise break up there in uh, uh -huh. uh, in, 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 uh, in Zvola. And, and 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 several more. I I, I don't forget anyone, but there's there's many many more. But these are the ones that I kind of know and, and grew up with in a way. But um, really impressed with um, how they're writing things in such an accessible way, and 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 multiple levels being able to play together. I think that's a really wonderful thing. And 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 I'm missing that because there's just so there's only so few. I mean, I live in a city of two hundred thousand. You know, my my guitar guys are the guitar guys. You know, um, for classical. <laughs> Um, but we have we're a vibrant scene up here. There's lots of great. Um, um, there's a very great music community here. But I just kind of miss having. I don't know. Instead of two hundred thousand, maybe like two or three million. That'd be nice. Right. I'm yeah, very jealous of the crowd. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> and that's so I've seen that that uh, over the last ten years just yeah. just take off, man. You know, especially with the GFA with Chuck's doing down there. Yeah. It's like so impressive, so impressive, so organized, so impressive. It really brings people into the fold. You know. Yeah. You know, it creates audiences. It creates a whole new, um, um, yeah, just a whole guitar scene, yeah. you know? And, and, and all these guys and, and girls and, and people, um, they play all styles of guitar too, man. That's yeah. great. You know, we had, yeah. I did a thing called, up here called Guitars Alive, not Guitar Alive, Guitars Alive. I inherited it from my predecessor. And it really does celebrate the guitar because we do so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know you're doing some bluegrass things. I think yeah. I think it's bluegrass Irish music. I've been Irish I've been folk. playing Irish music for the past twenty years, and I just yeah, right. accidentally we have fall, fell into it. It's been great. It's been so yeah, much yeah. Fun, and, so. It's, and it's and it's so but it's so impressive that the classical guitar players seem to be 
and I hate to say this, they seem to be taking over everything. Well, I, mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, when they're getting into, they're, they're, they're getting these degrees and they're becoming working guitarists and they're finding work out there and they're playing, um, they're creating bands of all kinds, anywhere from yeah. blues bands to metal bands to country bands to sure. folk bands, bluegrass bands. You know, there's an Irish band up here. Um, and too, it's like, there's, it's really wild because with that training with classical guitar, yeah. you really can do yeah. everything. And the only difference, and then the same conversation would happen. Okay, you have all these guys playing it, but it doesn't really kind of sound like, some dudes yeah. just grew up in the hills of Appalachia, never yeah. a lesson ever, and just like the feel is right or something. The musical yeah. interpretation is right, right? That's the only thing we can deal with. But what's new, right? Classical right. guitar, you know, solo or like, you know, breathe, same thing. So um, I'm really impressed that um, so many guitar programs are thriving. So many, so many places are thriving with guitar because um, we act they actually can get out there and um, really um, make a living. Yeah, you know, if they, yeah. if they so choose to, um, and uh, definitely um, pay the mortgage. Yeah, it's most most popular instrument in the world. It has oh, been yeah. for centuries, you know, yeah. and it's like that we're we're just starting to step into that now, and I think it's it's great, you know. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Well, hey man, that was a great talk with you. I really, I really yeah. catch just catching up with you. Probably most of the stuff we talked about is going to be edited out, but you know. No, it'll, it'll, it, it worked. I'm not editing any of this. It's all staying in. So <laughs> there was no F bombs, no like, you know, I grew up in Baltimore and it's kind of second nature to be colorful with my language. <laughs> and, well. um, and, um, and uh, yeah, it was a great talk. Um, yeah. um, for what, for, you know, I don't know what it will be or what it is, but it was really great talking with you and, and uh, rapping about guitar. I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, greatly. I'm isolated and, up here. I'm and, isolated. <laughs> well, we, we will. We'll get you back on again because I, I think you know. And I say I say this about a lot of my guests. We've just scratched the surface, so we will, we we got to do another episode sometime and, soon. Oh, I tell you what, I will tell you this. Um, Beth's going to hear this right. This whole podcast. Yeah. I'm sure she's going to demand a voice. <laughs> I'm like a 25 minute uh, a slot to sort of rebut. All my nonsense. <laughs> well, you know, ne next next time we, we we do this, we'll get her on too. It'd be great. So you can do <laughs> and and actually, you you mentioned the panel discussion. I yeah. think we should absolutely do that. We we can I we can do we that. Do the panel yeah. discussion via Zoom and and put it on the podcast. I would love it. When, you know? when do we push interpretation? Is it like playing so rays, or do we wait until later until a technical foundation is born? What do we do? You know what? There where, it where is. is way to do this and, and see what people think because yeah, there's, there it there's, is there definitely um there's something to learn from this and and it'll improve our um ability to um to make great musicians in the future i think um, love it yeah i, I mean I'm, I'm so excited about that yeah you know maybe we'll go maybe we'll go to a gfa or something and and do it there um in america right um and and, and do your podcast um remotely or sure. something like that. yeah where everyone, where, where a bunch of people will be. You know, wherever wired a bunch of in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and it's all sitting around <laughs> and looking for something to do. And you yeah. can always do it with a couple of, you know, coffees or, or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you know oh. around <laughs> that conversation to add to the color of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great, man, great, Carl. Dude, it is so good to see you. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, yeah. we'll do it again sometime. Right on, man. Peace out, brother. Thank you. 
This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. Mm-hmm.